Irina Podobnia, fascinating Bulgaria. You spent a lot of time in China, ended up uh, finding a need, a software as a service platform. And uh, she left that business in, in China, in Hong Kong, and came back and created something called TrackMage, which is a platform that uh, allows uh, full tracking of items for businesses, e-commerce sites, but just a fascinating approach as to the need that she saw and how she pursued it. I asked her, uh, what, what lessons have you learned? What would you do now differently after five years of having this successful platform? Answers are fascinating. Uh, I'll just give you one insight. I love your customer. Also, her view on discipline with her background was fascinating as well. Leadership plays a large role in it. But it's a great business conversation with Irina. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Joey Pins. People ask me, how did I lose 130 pounds? The quick answer is always discipline. I started my business, wasn't paying attention to my health, was eating too much, you know, drinking too much sweets. My daughter was born. Next thing I know, I'm pre-diabetic, I have hypertension. I knew something had to change. Discipline. I, like many of you, have faced many challenges in your career, in your family, in your life, in your faith. How did you attack them? How did you approach them? How did you solve them, hopefully? It all had to have some degree of discipline. I'm also asked, how did you found and start a tech business that lasted over 25 years? Discipline. I was committed to it, enjoyed technology, didn't enjoy some aspects of it, but knew it was necessary. Discipline. Our podcast mission, how do we use discipline to better ourselves and society? Join me, please, as I talk to interesting people and discuss how they use discipline in their family and their passion and their careers and how it helped them. Our podcast vision, growth through learning from others. Joey Pins Discipline Conversations. It'll be light and serious. Join us, please. Thank you for consideration. Very cool. Tim Brannion, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're busy. I want to talk about the term entrepreneur. I mean, you're, you're a classic example of a great one, a, a serial one, in fact. But all too often, I hear people kind of describe themselves as an entrepreneur when perhaps it's a little bit of a gray area. Is the term getting kind of thrown around a bit today? <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, I think an entrepreneur is, has some characteristics. I think they're aggressively curious and anybody can be one, hmm. but I think it's become really cool to have that title. And of course, maybe some, I don't know who's more deserving of it. Who's not. I, I feel in short, an entrepreneur, someone who uh, is aggressively curious, hurdles, obstacles, figures things out, is focused on seeing solutions um, two problems that they, that they experience in the world. And they're always pushing for innovation. And I think that's part of the aggressive curiosity. So anybody can be one. It's not this, you know, title that that's just for a certain, you know, a certain type of, you know, person, anybody can go out and do those things. But, um, yeah, I think that it has become this, you know, this, uh, this glorified word, even CEO or business owner, but the truth is, I think if people knew like how much actually goes into it, the hard mm. work, what chopping the tree actually looks yeah. like and feels like consistently in the ups and downs, you know, more people would, would exercise caution in their planning, you know, deciding, <laughs> deciding to maybe go that route. Just my kind of quick thoughts on it. Yeah. You know, I, I guess just recently I was at a, at a place and, you know, somebody introduced themselves to me as an entrepreneur. And I just, it just seems like, it just seemed too ambiguous, I guess is my point. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, it's just, uh, it's just a why, like you say, chopping the tree down. I like what you said about pushing for innovation, Yeah, you know, because we see how technology has, I'm going to say helped all industries. You know, some people may, may look at it a little bit differently. Uh, you were in the military, Air Force, six years. You were cybersecurity there. And so, I, you know, you're certainly a technologist, an expert, I would say. I mean, you know, those people that 
may may be upset with it. Perhaps their job got displaced, like in the travel agency for a travel, you know, business. You know, that certainly has mm. been turned up down since the web and things like that. But I like the idea of pushing innovation as part of uh, kind of uh, a theme of uh, of, in- of innovation and entrepreneurism. Yeah, no, I think that there's builders out there, people that are, uh, you know, I, I I tend to call entrepreneurs creators. Mm. And in the nature of like, you know, the, hmm. what I do, what we do is we're, we're trying to create a hybrid of someone who's a, like a creator, but a capitalist in thinking, like a creator entrepreneurial hybrid, because, you know, we've personally seen the power of influence and the power of, uh, you know, your ability to to capture attention and now data. I think that's like kind of the new gold currency in today's world is attention influence and um, your ability to collect data. Right. And you're in the tech space too. So you understand, you understand that. Um, But yeah, I think, um, you know, entrepreneurs are, are, are not just dreamers. They don't stop there they also execute. So that's that's why I call them builders. They'll never stop either. It doesn't matter what amount of money they get to. It doesn't matter what title, you know, they earn. They're just, mm. they love the process. They love to build cool stuff. Maybe they were fort builders when they were kids, you know, I don't know. They, it's, they, they like to build stuff and um, they, they enjoy the process. Yeah, it's, it's very true. And often, I like what you said about how the data is important. I, you know, you know, Twitter and, and Facebook and all these companies realized that a long time ago. I mean, the user base was excited that this stuff is free. It was not free, right? Um, we, know, we know what people. Were <laughs> you were about. anytime something's free, you're the cu- or you're the product. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, and <laughs> <laughs> not at all free. But what I uh, often see is um, I see a lot of technologists being entrepreneurs, being business owners, and being very good with the technology, but falling short in sales and marketing and mm. perhaps, you know, management and even leadership. Uh, you know, they're very good at building the product, but those other things they just need other help with. You must see this as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's the biggest. So the first obstacle is, you know, building a really great product or tool for, t- you know, specifically talking about tech like it, it's the first challenge is uh you know getting through the clear communication and reducing the ambiguity and, and arriving at a great minimum sellable product without losing your hair and losing your bank account or your your house or sanity uh, that's the first challenge but definitely the second challenge and i i'll echo what you just said is finding a way to sell it and distribute and new client acquisition and, and engineering systems that work, or at least one to start with. That's what I typically recommend to, to any SaaS founder or someone that's in the tech space is find one methodology that's cost effective that will generate cold leads and and convert them into buyers and then advocates of who you are, what you have. So how I've always done that, just so uh, some additional hopefully support or help for somebody is just through direct marketing and the beauty of you know the day and age that we live now is that we don't have to do direct marketing by horseback or mm. through the mail or even through a dial you know pad um we have social media and uh, you know everybody's on it everybody's on instagram for the most part facebook or linkedin choose where you're audience is or your ideal customer is you can get that insight too and then start by casting the net or casting the fishing line 50 times a day 100 times a day and what you'll learn in the process of you know doing your pitch is what works what doesn't what sucked about it and once you figure out what works do more of that and improve that again back to what i was saying before joe it's like swinging the axe you got to swing the axe to figure out your stance, figure out how to how to fall the tree, if you will. And uh, most people don't want to do that because it's hard work and it's and it's a lot of it takes a lot of time and, and consistency and discipline. But if you believe in what you have, you got something really awesome, then you should you need to figure out a way to get it in the hands or in the minds of, of people that can use it. My thought. Yeah, I agree. And another thing I see 
where some falls short, and I, I happened to talk to somebody yesterday with a, another SaaS platform. Her, her big, you know, after doing it for, I don't know how long, I think she has six, seven years was, you know, love your customer, have the customer mm. in mind. I think too often technologists are thinking like technologists and they're building a solution for them when it really should be for the, you know, for the customer, for the end, whether it's business or it's a consumer, have that in mind when you're designing. Yeah. Love that, man. And and not just like the design, like the user experience, user, user interface should support the needs and you should go there with empathy and your finger on the pulse, if you will, of how people will, will be feeling and what they'll be going through to the best of your ability as you're you know, designing and building out your thing, but also um, where they go for help, you know, and what they find when they search and what, you know, who answers the phone or what those systems look like and how they feel as somebody's going through things. And, and there's so much there's so much insight that can be collected just by actually caring and, and like investing in somebody's experience. Like support is this beautiful place where you get the answers to the test. You really do. And if you, if you just ask questions, you know, you, you take interest in somebody's experience with your product service, whatever, um, they're going to, they're going to give you the answers to the test. And if you are asking with the intent to engineer, if you're asking with the intent to serve, or roll up your sleeves and build and support that ask, then you get to a really cool point when people start referring you without even asking mm -hmm. them to. They become advocates of who you are, what you have, their experience with you. And that's that's free. You know, you can you can even add gas to it with a referral program, mm -hmm. which is even cooler. But it's free when people start telling their friends and family and colleagues and people in their tribe, hey, you got to check this out, or hey, this is what's happened with me using this, 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 and it's, and I get it, like how it's easy to get, get stuck in the metrics and the numbers and you start calling people users, <laughs> you start mm -hmm. calling people, uh, you know, clients, you give them a different definition than human, um, and fellow man, or, you know, that you get to know them and, and that's, or you, you don't get to know them. You start thinking about them in metrics and, you know, that's maybe good in some cases and bad in others. Uh, think, you know, caring about your people is only going to help you when service leads to greatness. Yeah. One of the classic examples that I remember is when, when QuickBooks, the big accounting software first came out in the nineties, I believe it was just so obvious that it wasn't built by accountants and all the accountants <laughs> had problems with it. And, you know, the business owners, you know, they were kind of caught in between. We just held a focus group for a very large, one of the biggest tech firms in, in, in the in the world. And I got together 12, 13, uh, what we call managed service providers, MSPs in, in a room in, in Miami. And, you know, MSPs just spoke their mind. I hosted it. And it's just the, awesome. the, the information collected for that big tech firm was just, it was, yeah, I recorded the it's whole thing. Gold. It's surveyed. worth billions. Yes, to them. And they're like, oh, you're kidding me. That's how you look at that? And wow, that's that's what's happening out there? And I was not aware of that. And it's just like mouths open and the MSPs, yeah. are, they're pointing their fingers like, this is what it's got, you know, and I survey them before and then survey them after, both parties. I mean, just have your clients, you know, needs in mind and you'll be successful. Is that what you did with TrueFans? Yeah, that's what we're doing now. And, and all the products that I, that I, you know, own or have a, a stake in, it's just how I like to run businesses. It's, it's a no brainer. And when yeah. it's awesome that you're bridging the gap between that communication and you're providing that service, that's, that's literally a multi-billion dollar service. Mm you know, to, to cross communicate effectively to the people running operations decisions who aren't necessarily thinking with their, their heart or with the pulse on, you know, there's a disconnect, especially with really big companies. So that's a cool, you know, just kind of, kind of sad, you know, side caveat from that, what you were mentioning, but, um, but yeah, with, with my platform specifically, it's, you know, I'm not disconnected. I'm in, I'm in the trenches. I still send DMS out to people every day. It's just one of my habits. It's like going wow. to the gym. Like I send 25 DMS on average per day hmm. out to, uh, if we're specifically talking about true fans out to people who I think would be a great fit. And I'm still doing conversations with them because I don't want to lose touch on, you know, what's working, what isn't, what isn't working to convert a conversation, what people's needs are, 
And then I keep in contact or I kind of watch from the sideline, like how people are, are going out and how they're doing with the, with the platform. Um, that way, you know, I've got the insight as I'm talking to engineering or my CTO, or when we're coming up with new feature ideas, I've got a, a really good idea on what, what people mm. are going to be happy with because they've told me I don't have to be some genius, you know, or, or you know, roll, shake the magic eight ball. <laughs> I've already asked. And, uh, you know, to allow someone to contribute or participate with their thoughts into your product makes them a stronger customer and a client mm-hmm. too. So yeah. we've always added things like, and I think, man, like so many software tools could could benefit from this. But just imagine like if it was just common practice for a software tool to have a feature request board, think of it like whether it's Trello whether it's, you know, their own custom board where they had a feature request board where every, you know, they can inject ideas, people can submit their ideas into this board. And then the community upvotes or downvotes mm. on these features. And then the, the business, the company can then look at the metrics and say, okay, it looks like everyone's really wanting these things. This is what's going to, going to, you know, really kind of showcase to our engineering staff, like what we put priority on. And uh, from there, you know, people are active participants in their own platform. They take stake in it. They get really excited about, um, you know, announcements and stuff because they they are making it happen. And then they they become advocates for insight from the field or from the, you know, the actual use case. And what a valuable thing to to know the answers to any test <laughs> as a stake as as a you know company founder owner. Anyway, that's just my thought. Yeah, I, I everybody wins with that method, Tim, because the, the the people that voted for it see the new function and they start using it, and then they start telling friends that may not be on the yeah. platform. They feel like they're part of the process. They kind of have skin in the game. Your developers are happy because they know they're making their clients happy. I mean, everybody wins when that happens. Yeah. You know that they're fully engaged. Uh, I believe TrueFan is like about four years old now, well over 620,000 users. Great success there. Did you have, you know, in the beginning stages, did you have content creators that were looking for something? Did you, what niche did you <laughs> see that you filled? Like what, what was the genesis of it? Yeah. no. Uh, so I didn't set out to have a great idea with it. I just saw the, all the things that sucked, man. Like mm. and currently that's still happening now. Like people are being censored creators historically have been undervalued and underpaid a lot of these major platforms are selling your data we talked about that briefly like you are the product and they are mainly building to uh, appease advertisers who are who are ensuring that their their servers stay running they're paying Mm -hmm. the bills mainly these major advertisers that are hoping to put their stuff in front of buyers (laughs) and uh, that that funds pretty much the free platform so that along with um you know limiting reach and algorithms to that same point you know your your reach is limited so if you're trying to build a community or an audience on a pay-to-play social media platform you're not going to get the reach you're not going to get that connection and community so all those things sucked um and then we looked at who is in our market you know you got huge competitors that are similar like OnlyFans or patreon or coffee they're they're all you know, unique and I'm not knocking any of them, but, but the majority of them, their users are in the adult space. So we're like, ah, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to do our best to pay more. We're going to pay faster with instant payments. We're going to create additional features and functionality that no one else has. And we're going to be the wholesome alternative or classier alternative for creators that want to monetize without the stigma. Hmm. We're going to be a hundred percent invite only. So not just anybody can join. And we're going to listen with the intent to engineer. And fast forward to now, um, there's been a lot of work that goes into uh, you know, branding and getting the first users on and creating that momentum. Um, but I can safely say now that we have one of the best, best platforms on the planet, no doubt. And what's coming down the pipe is just more of listening with the intent to engineer. So I'm excited to have the answers to the test, <laughs> like where we go with it. It's going to be cool to see, you know, as more people start to discover. Now you're turning down significant revenue by not Mm. having adult content. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, dude, you can, 
you can make millions. Like I could, I could literally, if I wanted to today, I could replicate the true fans platform, put it in the adult space and, you know, make who knows how much, I mean, a ton, but what's the result of what I'm doing there? Can I, I, I personally couldn't, couldn't know that potential result is is bad for people and be a part of creating something just for money like i mm. i'm trying to make treasures in a dimension we don't fully understand I'm trying to build up treasures in 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 heaven we all get the short life here and i want truth true success and, and significant significance excuse me and um i don't think it comes by yeah i, I look at that kind of like the easy way maybe mm. and uh yeah i just I want the results of what I do to glorify God, glorify my my family, and to to make make a good impact on the world. That's just yeah, it's just me, and I and I think that um, you know to use my gifts in alignment with that is a better form of worship. Mm. You're a very spiritual man. Uh, that that's for sure. That's what my sense from you. I, I it's it's fascinating to me that. We'll just talk about OnlyFans for a moment. Has just turned the pornography, you know, business upside down. It just put it in the hands of the creators versus the distributors. Versus, yeah. it's it's fascinating to me how that's done it. Now, certainly, that's a segment of, you know, that you're not interested in, and many people are, and many people aren't. But it's it's fascinating to me that the that the shift is happening to the creators. So you're doing it as well, obviously, just in different areas. And I think, you know, that's these are game changing. You talked earlier about, you know, being technology forward. These are game changing platforms and events that are just putting it in the hands of mm -hmm. the people that are creating it. It's good. Yeah. And it's, it's forcing the giants to change the way that they're doing mm -hmm. things and change the way that they're sharing the billions of dollars in revenue that's being generated through the medium of the platforms. You know, don't get me wrong. YouTube's amazing and yeah. TikTok's amazing and all these platforms are amazing. But uh, the I think the world is shifting towards a group, you know, sort of collaborative profit share versus, you know, a, a, a smaller number of people making the lion's share on the backs of, you mm. know, the, the many. I think that the... the platforms and the technologies that will continue to win in the future are platforms that support the individual to do the thing that they want to do really well and take a smaller micro percentage of, of a large amount of transactions that occur and and the creator or whomever the the customer is will gladly do so to be able to perform their thing whatever that is you know and uh but the rise of even like crypto technology and the you know, blockchain and, and solutions that'll come with Web3, uh, it'll be really interesting to see what platforms last the test of time and really do have awesome utility that that take away some of the typical you know, third party uh, giants right between the consumer. <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, the other it's kind of a big, big thought, I just, went, I just got to chase yeah, that thought. Yeah, it's exciting. And, and I really am trying I to keep it. my finger on the pulse of all these things that are happening with AI and, yeah. you know, the rise of new technologies and, and how they'll be used and who like who's going to just fun to kind of watch. Yeah. And, and the big game changer that we see very recently is chat GTP, right? I mean, that's. Mm -hmm. And it's it's an amazing technology today in the Wall Street Journal. Microsoft is investing billions over multi years in it. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, just just as they announce, by the way, ten thousand layoffs. Very very interesting uh, dynamic there. What kind of material uh, will you? No pornography. What other type of material will you not allow content on True Fans? So it's it's uh, again we go after people who we think would be ideal and there's you know there's no problem with selling sexy at all tip like some mm. of our top creators are pretty people that do cool shit in a bunch of different like myself right I mean, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just a joke just a joke no, i think i think that uh i think you are cool and i think that there's yeah. definitely a use case for podcasters too and i'll, I'll kind of dive into that but some of our, our top users are pretty people that do cool stuff and specifically pretty girls that do cool stuff outside of um, the adult industry, but also like in heavily male dominated career fields. Some of our top creators in the world are 
pretty girls that drive huge monster trucks, mm. pretty girls that have agriculture, uh, farms, um, pretty girls that are welders or that do construction, concrete, um, musicians, things like that. But, but, um, you know, and that's really interesting to see. And then it, we just have such a wide variety of different creators, different use cases that it's fun to, to kind of see how people are using the different features and functionality strategies that they discover. And then, you know, what they're telling us based on their audience is how we're, we're feature request or doing, doing our feature rollouts and stuff. So it's just, it's just really cool, man. It's just been awesome to meet just a lot of really rad people that have given themselves permission to generate content and kind of mm. sing their song, dance their dance and uh, learn from the sideline in a way, you know, more of an active sideline position, all the different stresses that comes with being someone that has influence or an audience on the internet, um, the different roller coasters up and down, just that there's a lot, but it's, it's been a radical fun ride so far. And then the things that they need, you know, a lot of people don't think about this, but uh, what I've learned is that creators, and, and I think maybe many people in general have no idea how to do taxes, have no idea like how to structure an entity or their business to keep mm. the majority of money that they're making. Um, no one's really, a lot of times creators that we, we bring onto the platform, we help them sign up, set up and launch. They go on to make more money than they've ever made. And that we found pretty quickly uh, could be like devastating mentally on someone and emotionally, like around tax time. It's like, you know, I went out and made six figures. What the heck am I supposed to do with this? You know, I, I spent this or I didn't do it through an LLC or so we, we put together different offers and tools that help creators even just outside of uh, creating content and, and new strategies for building their brand and building their audiences and monetizing but even further right like keeping keeping the majority of the money that they make and structuring them, themselves limiting liabilities and then also you know protection like security services to detect deter and prevent people from stealing their content or stealing their identity there's you know, and the list goes on and different things that we try to do as we're watching the things that are good and learning from the things that are bad and trying to become the logical choice platform for creators all over the world. Right. Mm. <laughs> That's our aim. So just being observant in the process. Now, what if a creator has opposing views from you? Like they're not spiritual or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They're uh, you're in Indianapolis, so they're uh, you know an Eagles fan or something. You know, uh, I, <laughs> you know, what, perhaps nothing so, so not so minor. But if they have opposing sure. views, I mean, do you have a, a process? Would you not uninvite them? How does that work? We ban them instantly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no Eagles, no Giants. <laughs> we, turn, we shadow ban them behind the scenes. No, those are the things that are happening on other uh, platforms. Sure um, I expect yeah. that. I hope that. And I hope, for, you know, whether I'm meeting someone in person or or through a, a conversation on the phone, whatever, it's like ideas are what helps us arrive at new destinations and, and being able to critique ideas and have differences in opinion and and you know, kind of pick apart other people's different ideas and not be emotional or get into a fist fight. Or I think that's really important for democracy, um, growth. We talked about it earlier, innovation, mm. like putting ideas together and, and um, magnifying them or shrinking them or editing them, right, is a really great thing for a society. And uh, so if someone has different opinions of me, that's totally fine. Um, the only thing that's really like a hard no, and we've got all our terms and policies, just no, no pornography. Um, that's uh that's pretty much the main thing outside of that. I mean, dude, if you love whatever you're into, um, for the most part, that's uh, that's all fine and good. If there are infractions, we handle those a little bit differently. So if mm. there's a infractions of terms, we got a lot of tech that detects, deters, and prevents things. And we do have reporting in place and can can oversee in any case things are uh, no good right if they've been indicated as a potential threat um, then we can contact people and typically it's a three star strike rule we've never had to to ban anyone um, again that kind of goes back into a relationship that we have with creators but in any case there's been an infraction of rules and we're made aware of it uh, then we contact that person say hey uh what's up with this or what's going on with this? Like what, you know, here, here's where it states in our 
there are rules and, and we're telling you right now within our discretion that this is a no-go we should have edited it a little bit and then once we find you know once once we have a conversation then it's typically the end of it um again we haven't had any habitual rule breakers it's just a correction that seems yeah. a bit more uh democratic way than what uh youtube does you just kind of get a flag yeah. and that you know no response and uh you know i know people have been i don't know them but i you know heard of people that have been canceled before and uh it's a real shame uh it's tough it's their livelihood it's like getting fired and and like the mental the mental infractions on that too when you lose your account it's almost like a part of your identity i've seen people struggle with that and uh, yeah, it's just tough. It's really tough. And, and you know, to pivot from that, because I don't think that's going away. I think that we're still going to have you know platforms that just boom, you're done, you're gone. It's right. all run by AI or whatever. And that's really tough. So what I encourage people to do is to own your data, own your list. That's your asset as, an, as a creator, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner is to own your, your tribe's list. So even if you are in a catastrophic situation where you lose your platform, um, you can then email and still get in touch with your people. You still retain that asset. And again, another reason why new paradigms of social media is important is because I believe, at least you know, why true fans is valuable, I believe, is that you own your data. It's your customer list. It's not it's not ours. It's hmm. <laughs> it's you as the creator. So to to own that is uh Again, it's it's putting more control back in the creator's hands. Yeah, it's, or business it's, owner. So I like to kind of look at them. Sure. And has there been creators out there that you've pursued that didn't want to join? Yeah, of course. There's people that have already built out, you know, large audiences, and they've, you know, they typically they have apprehensions, like they. They uh, don't want to invest any more time. They don't want to transition people over. And typically, I'll rebut that with, um, I can show you how to use features that the platforms don't have that aren't going to eat up all your time. And we don't expect you or would we ever recommend that you close down something that's profitable for you. Right. Uh, we would just urge you to have multiple different ways to monetize and create continuity and you know, use us alongside of other platforms because we don't mind if somebody has an, an uh, you know, even an OnlyFans and they decide to, you know, they want to transition or they want to have our art platform too for some of the features and the uniqueness of it. That's fine as long as they can they can uh, abide by our terms, right, and policies. They're not doing the same thing that they do over there. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of them are surprised that they don't have to do the thing that they're doing over there to still earn and, and monetize. You know, uh, as I was, you know, researching you, Tim, I was excited that you accepted this. I, I remember a year ago or so, everybody was talking about, you know, Patreon, go to my Patreon, you know, the top five Patreon earner, Patreon earners. And then boy, yeah. it just, it just really died down. You just don't hear about it anymore. It's tough. Yeah. They, so we, we do get quite a few people coming from Patreon over to us. And I don't know if Patreon will ever hear this. They did a wonderful, they've done a wonderful job and they've, you know, they have a really cool platform. I think they were one of the first to market in a mm. way. Mm. And I think where they've um, dropped the ball a bit is one with merchant processing. Like I've heard a lot of people struggling with, with merchant processing there. And then also, you know, just some of the limitations that they have with that. And then also just the experience when, when you add subscriptions, when you add tiered subscriptions to your platform, it creates a lot of effort workload to your creators that have to manage what goes into what's what like tier mm. to you know to support and help the the audience, and then the audience members are, are you know it's too complex. I think in short, I think it creates a lot of complexity, and there's a way to tier without structuring it the same way that they did i think you can you can tier content individually without packaging it and forcing people in a continuity play so that's kind of how we did it and we you know i i'm i'm aware of what's what's available to to see right with with some of our competitors how they're doing different things and i try to monitor what is and is, isn't there and uh so that's that's mainly what we hear so we do get a lot of people from patreon and and uh yeah, they're really happy with the experience. 
that they get from there to, to here. And is there a group that you have the most of in true fans, musicians, you mentioned, you know, sports enthusiasts, et cetera. Is there one larger group than any other? Yeah. Extreme sports. So like dirt bikes, monster trucks. Uh, now we're getting into some gun enthusiasts. So trainings like the shoot, move, communicate guys, which is awesome. A lot of education that I think needs to be shared in that, that world to showcase the tools and, and, you know, safety and, uh, you know, really the sport of it too. It's there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, yeah, so I'd think those are probably the main ones, just extreme sports. And that's, that's a multitude of different things from racing, motocross, uh, trick bikes, uh, fast cars. What is the dune? They do like dune racing. That's mm. really cool. Just a lot of really rad people that would, you know, wanted, wanted to monetize, but didn't want the stigma that, that I came to us. We actually are now kind of tiptoeing into the wrestling world too. There's a lot of wrestlers. Hmm out there and we've started to pick up some traction in the uh women's wrestling world as well as some of the men have seen what they were doing and came over so yeah and then i think the next one would probably be like fitness fitness influencers fitness models fitness coaches but it's this is a big umbrella right there's so many different there's so many which it's just i think that there's almost like a tipping point you get a few of the larger creators like in one of these industries and then the rest kind of follow in suit they have influence over other people in that world so i think that's what's happened but man it's it's such a wide variety of people that could benefit from this um so yeah it's just a matter of time and as far as podcasts most podcasts there's about three million i think the last last number i saw are generally audio only while i video recorded every one of ours we're up to almost 190 at this point is that is that about where you are? Is that why there's not a lot of podcasters because it's just audio? Um, or are there a lot? I don't even know on your, on your fans. So I've only been on so many at this point now. I met Alex at Podmatch. I think that's how we connected, right? Which is yes. a really slick platform. Really cool, yeah. And I think they just... You know, there, I see some that are trying to monitor. I've seen so many different ways that they onboard new guests. I've seen some people attempt to like pitch branding packages, which I think is a good idea. I think, you know, and this is a conversation I'll probably end up having with Alex at some point. I'd love to, is they need a simplified way, a simplified way to monetize kind of the, the sequence of onboarding a guest, providing them with uh, you know, kind of an excellent post-production package mm. and a growth package along with that po post-production. I think that would be, that would be something that could sell if it was very seamless and, and, and it was effective for their price range, or maybe there's multiple packages. So like, for example, a lot of people are wanting to guest because they are a business, they are, you know, a brand, etc., And they're trying to get exposure out to who they are, what they have going on. So if, if a platform like Podmatch or let's say any other platform, uh, people get together, it books the show, we get on, we film, and then I'll have an option to buy pre-edited clips or the ability to snag clip snippets from this mm. thing. And it, and it shoots it out in HD and it's, uh, yeah, I just think like facilitating that could be really cool. And then in creating integrations for distribution, I think that that may be like a next vertical that they could they could explore and that'll help specifically podcasters and his platform. It's kind of an idea. Um, there's probably other ways. I just I'm not a podcaster. I'm more. Not of yet. A, yeah, not, not yet. I'm just trying to figure this. I'm trying to be a good guest and um, yeah, build up some of my personal brands. I've been mainly behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, it's kind of an idea. I think it could work. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, you know, I see all these numbers about forecasting for pod for podcasts, uh, something like 50% only last 10 episodes and I don't know, 80 or 90% don't last more than a year and things like, you know, there's, it's a low barrier to entry and that's good and bad. Right. So, right. you know, it, it, it can invite people and, you know, my fourth 
you know, in my list of top five uh, goals for the podcast, my fourth is revenue. So, you know, in my case, I own a tech company. I'm able, you know, I, I've, uh, no, I don't need this. I don't need the revenue for this. So right. others kind of go in it the other way. I've got to start making money. When it doesn't happen, they may, may turn away. But I love doing it because I get to talk to really interesting people like yourself. You had a great quote, Tim. Work your job and mind your freedom. <laughs> yeah, man. I like that saying. It's what I did. And it kind of aligns with what you're saying about some people getting in the podcast world to profit right away. And I think that's a dangerous, that's a yeah. roll of the dice, man, because in order to be as consistent and kind of beat the, beat the tide, if you will, that it gets so many, you have to stay consistent and you have to enjoy it. And you have to like the process of improving and getting better. Cause most of the time when you start something brand new, you suck at it. So you have to, you have to be able to have maybe some, some money as well to be able to, uh, kind of manage your economy and keep your life afloat um, to some degree. So when I say like work your job and mind your freedom, um, I'm typically talking to entrepreneurs that are like restlessness or have restlessness and discontent and they're ready mm. for a change or a pivot. And they're starting to think about, man, what can I do? I want to take, I want to be there for my kids more. I know I have all these gifts and talents and abilities or I'm tired of working for this you know, this guy that I'm breaking my back for and I know I can do a better job. It's like, great, you can and you should and you and I'm all for that. I want to put gas on that. But take that energy, work this job, be the best employee you ever can. Uh, and I'd say find like the if you're if you're, you know, if you're absolutely miserable with your job, find the find the highest paying job that has the, the least taxation on your on your brain, on your energy and and do that just to fund your lifestyle while you're building your freedom on the back end, like creating your empowering your system that's going to serve people. That's going that's you know going to be your brand, your product, or service, and that's going to be your vehicle to escape the current situation that you're in that's making you mm -hmm. feel compelled to change and shift. So that's what it all just kind of means, at least to me. And I and I did that, you know, so I could really relate to the people that are feeling that are going through that and like. And that's my encouragements with you to stick and stay with it. And it is worth it. Uh, but it, it's an uphill battle to punch through the soil, I guess, like as you're, as you're blossoming, um, it is an uphill battle. So be prepared for that as well. And man, what gets planned and, and measured gets executed. If you're, you know, get, get more pissed off, <laughs> get more, get focused, <laughs> Yeah, I love I love that Tim. It gets plans and measured, gets executed. Very mm -hmm. important. If you, uh, you know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Who was some uh, Jets coach said that? Herm Edwards, I, yeah. I think, said that. But it, when when people talk to me about starting a business, you know, I tend to get cynical right away. I, I you know, we talked about being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, I say, how long can you go without a paycheck? You know, <laughs> you need to answer that. If you're telling me two weeks. You know, I got a mortgage. I have car. You know, you can't. You can't do it. You need to save. You know, how long can you go? It better be at least a year. It better. You know, and mm. it must be so nice. I started my business in '93. This year makes 30 years. And uh, I remember some of my friends saying, it "Must be so nice not to have a boss." And then I would say, I have more bosses now than I've ever had. Every one yeah. of my clients is my boss. <laughs> Hell, my vendors are my boss. Hell, the bank is my boss. I have more I have more bosses that I have to make happy. So just some things that I, I don't want to discourage it. I just want reality to kind of be yeah. there. You know, uh, I know you're really good at this, but do you have people that will pay for it? You know, I know you're really good at it. Think about that. Answer that question and write something up. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I get passionate about that. I don't want to discourage. I just want to. I just want to educate. Yeah. Well, you're actually. I think it's it's not discouraging. It's more so positioning. You're positioning mm -hmm. someone to have a better chance at winning by getting their mind into the fight the right way. If I just encourage you and love on you and and rub your shoulders before you get into the ring with someone that's a fighter, which is building a business, he's gonna beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Like business will beat the shit out of you if you're not actually ready and not to scare you. You should do it. But positioning your mind towards um, 
committing for for multiple years in advance. I think the timeline at which people commit to stuff is so short now. Like especially my my generation guys, like we're, we we got a week in us, we got two weeks in us, we got thirty mm. days in us, we got ninety days in us. Like no, the guys that I know are majorly successful are thinking in terms of years. I just started my YouTube channel. I'm not thinking about 90 days from now. I know I'm going to suck in 90 days still. I am going to do this and check the metrics in two years. Like that's, that's the, that's the truth. And, um, you know, you talk to people that are, again, if you, if you position yourself in the way of opportunity and you go after people that are bigger than you in business or, or they've, you know, they've, they've got bigger entrepreneurial muscles mm. you should want to be around them and watch what they're doing and watch how they think and and that's a hack so the guys that i i got that mentality from are making hundreds of millions of dollars a year have multiple businesses it's not just the money either like i, f- I feel like they actually are like carving out a good life too like they own their life and their time they still have their wives <laughs> you know or significant mm. others like that's another part but um but yeah they don't think in in terms of like well i'm gonna give this a week or a day, maybe with some things, but like they know the process to yield great results takes time and, and forging that discipline and, and creating a system. And uh, yeah, I just think like that's a really good piece for somebody to chew on is just how long are you willing to, to really stick and stay? Are you serious about this? Or you're just kind of like right now in the moment, you're a little flustered at your boss. You know, how much do you really want freedom? (laughs) That's just my two cents. I get passionate about it too, man, because I I really do want to see people win. And I love to to celebrate when people have made it or they get to some some wins or they ignite that that like, you know, typically crippled uh, inner inner beast inside of them. But when they flip that guy on and and they start earning the things that I think everybody should should have um getting those victories man i get pumped so so i get excited about it i think you're the same joe yeah i am exactly the same there's nothing uh, there's very little that's more exciting than when my friends are doing well or when people i know that are doing well I, i i absolutely love it i love to help celebrate it uh, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. And maybe even if I have just a one little part of it, you know, yeah. that, 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 that helps as well. You know, on the podcast, Tim, we always, you just mentioned, you know, discipline. I, when I started my business back in the nineties, I was not paying attention to my, you know, to my better self. And I was eating too much pizza and I was working 14 hours a day and I was drinking too much soda, found myself, got up to 340 pounds. The doctor said to me, you know, if you, if you're pre-hypertension, you're, you're pre-diabetic, if you don't change what you're doing, you're not going to see your daughter graduate. My daughter was just born. And so I said, that was it. So I took the next year and I lost 140 pounds. People always ask me, how did you do it? And like, there's some secret again, like entrepreneurialism, like there's some silver bullet, just do this and it'll, you'll get success. My answer to them is always discipline. Just got focused mm. and discipline. I'm not disciplined in every area, that's for sure. But in that area, I was and I was determined. I didn't, and my method was not to tell anybody. I just worked out every day and I ate less and I cut out sugar drinks and I did five triathlons and, you know, I just got focused. You're, you're in Air Force six years, I believe. I wonder how discipline plays a role in your life, Tim. Yeah, man. It's an ever going battle with the inner bitch in my mind <laughs> that's just the god honest truth it's the best way that i can describe and i think david goggins like he he's yeah. like known for saying that but it's such a good good way for any man that's that's losing the battle to title the the inner mind thoughts that's holding you back from doing the good thing that you know you should be doing is to call it the inner bitch because you know i'm trying to do these cold plunges there are these uh, cold showers and I'm working yeah. my way up to a minute now. And that inner voice is so loud before I even get into my bathroom and, and start the process. Like it's don't do it. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be. So that is the perfect place to forge and, and defeat you know, forge your weapons and defeat your inner bitch is mm. by intentionally doing things that your mind is going to tell you not to do it's going to save you the result of doing that 
like as long as these results are positive, which in most cases you can research the benefits of cold plunging and waking you up and what it does in your body. You know, the same thing happens. The little bitch will start talking when you're, when you're going to go to the gym and you've, you know, you wrote out this plan that you're going to do, but man, it's raining, man, it's cold. Oh, it's still dark outside. I didn't get the sleep that I wanted to get, or my kid was up late, whatever it is. It's like that, that voice gets louder and louder. And once, you know, once you've, I tend to work backwards. Once you've figured out this is the Tim or this is the insert your name that you want to be or become, and you've figured out all the daily habits and rituals and, and things that you need to commit to, to achieve that, like in a, in a, in an appropriate amount of time, that's when it's very, very key to beat the inner bitch like as you're on the journey and uh, anybody can do it. Few people choose to successful people silence that voice. It's not mm. up for discussion. You can, you can hear this anywhere. You get on YouTube, look up the raw, raw motivation stuff. It's the truth. These guys aren't, you know, they're not, they're not selling you a bunch of crap. It's, it's the discipline. So for me, man, in the military, this is the first place that I really got, you know, exposed to discipline, but it wasn't like self-imposed. I, I, you know, genuinely you joined the military. That was like one of the best options that I had as a, as a kid. I saw it as a, as a way to, you know, go down a different path. And the aim was success. When I got there, there is no option. You either comply to these rituals and comply to these ways of life that are, that you, that you signed up for, or you get the hell out. Like you don't mm. belong here. So it's not like yeah. I even had the ability to fight my inner bitch on my own. It was forced. And because of that, I kind of indoctrinated some discipline. It was just like this. I didn't want to quit. It didn't, you know, there, that wasn't an option. So it's harder, I think, as an entrepreneur, it's harder, I think, as somebody who's, you know, a father and a husband and you're on your own, like no one's really holding you accountable, you know, for the most part, like there's no, no one's following you around with a video camera. So the hard part is, you know, beating yourself and defeating yourself toward to invest in the overall person that you're trying to become. And so for me, man, that's still an everyday battle. It's still a, a refinement and deciding like, you know, what, what, what am I capable of? What, what do I deserve? How am I going to worship God? Like, how, how do I, you know, what, what are the disciplines and then just following through. So it's kind of a long way to say that I'm still on that journey. And I, I, I personally want more people around me that are on that same journey because mm -hmm. that's that kind of like community accountability. Yeah. I like so the, the whole, yeah. Go ahead, please. Oh, I'm just saying like, that's, that's part of the reason that I'm starting to build like a brand now and kind of share my thoughts and messages or my experiences, because one of the things I'm most excited for is, is building more relationships with dudes like you, Joe, and, and the people in your world and, you know, people that are on a mission and people that, that want more out of life and people that have a different energy and people that haven't just submitted to the world and the heaviness of people that are looking for a community and iron sharpens iron, man. So it's like, it's within everyone's best interest to create community and, and, and be exposed to other people on their, on their way. So that's, that's part of like, I think the excitement or at least this vision that I have for my own, you know, communities. Yeah. The, the, the inner, the inner bitch thing is, you know, I, I still <laughs> every once in a while, Tim feel like the 340 pound guy is inside me trying to get out. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, it's just, I've never been that way. I've been an athlete all my life. I just neglected myself, you know, and it, and it's there, but to follow up more on, on, on discipline, you know, you're, you, you describe yourself as middle income, low middle income there, uh, Kokomo outside of, um, uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. And, but you kind of, you didn't want to get a job as a, as a high schooler. you kind of hustled and you were like modifying Xboxes. And I mean, yeah. th this kind of, this kind of stuff does, requires a lot of discipline in order to, I want to be in charge of my own destiny. I mean, at a young age, you saw this. Yeah. Oh, for me, man, because I grew, I don't know why I never thought, you know what? I could just go get a job. 
probably would have been easier. I just was looking for, I think at a young age, like I wanted to make the money, but I was looking for the get quit, get, get rich mm. quick sort of thing. Like I was looking for the low resistance thing that could make me a lot of money while not having to go and wear a hat or the uniform and, mm. you know, be a, be a pawn and somebody else's business. I just saw it that way. And that maybe wasn't the best. It probably could have been easier, but yeah, the route I took in high school was, you know, I wanted, I wanted nice shoes. I wanted the basketball jersey. I wanted an, I wanted a new car. And my parents were very much, you know, not giving me money to go out and just buy these frivolous. I had everything that I could ever need. It wasn't like, you know, we didn't have electrical bill and you know, we didn't have food and such. Like I didn't grow up poor, but I didn't grow up with the extra stuff that some other kids got that I really wanted. So for me, I, one of my first hustles, it's kind of funny, that was uh, modifying Xboxes so they could yeah. do things like browse the internet. So the original Xbox, like it could browse the internet, you could play burnt games, um, you could play emulators I put on there. So like Sega, Genesis, Nintendo, hundreds of, of different games that after I soft modded the Xbox and, and redid its firmware, then you could play this version of a new operating system basically. So that was that was a hundred bucks and I sold that. Kids had to ride my bus to drop off their Xbox at my corner by my house. I had a 24 hour turnaround. My buddy Grant was helping me with this too. So sometimes we would go to his house and mod these. Uh, I would bring the Xbox back to them. They would quality check it. And then I would typically get a list of games that they wanted to play on their Xbox. And my process was I built out my computer to have multiple CD burners on it. And I would buy a Walmart set of discs, DVD rewritables. And uh, those games were anywhere from like 15 to $25, which was half off the normal games. And if you had my Xbox, which was a hundred bucks, you could now start paying me when the new games came out and I would bring those to school. So yeah, that was uh, not legal. <laughs> I oh. didn't, didn't know. Hopefully enough time has passed now, but that was my first hustle and, and that, that worked really well. I think I made more than what a teacher made <laughs> in his salary. My, uh, my freshman year of high school or sophomore year in high school. I can't remember. I'll tell you what, Tim, that kind of activity gets you kicked off, kicked off uh, true fans. Uh, so, it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> funny. Uh, Tim Branion, what motivates you? Man, I, I'm, motiv I'm motivated. It's changed over the years. Right now, I'm motivated by just impact and results. I like to sit back and watch the ripples of what was created and, and how it goes and does good. And, um, I'm motivated, I'm motivated by uh, finding significance. I got a chance yeah. to meet Tim Tebow recently, and I just love, I love being around people in their excellence. And this is a guy that's, it's got a lot of experience at high levels in sports, high levels, and in, in uh, you know business. And just to be in proximity with him and hear his story and what they're doing now with that stage and who they work for. Um, it's just profound, man. It changed my life. And, and, uh, you know, so, so working towards significance instead of just this worldly success is what I'm, I'm really into is I think that that's the best way that I can carve out the next 40, 50 good years of my life. So yeah, significance, fulfillment, impact. And how do you measure success? <sighs> That's a great. So for me now, and this has changed within the last year or two, it's, it's how am I being a good steward with the gifts that I've been given? Am I, am I by the river? Am I praying? Am I being used? Um, you know, am I, am I grateful? Am I aligned? And that no matter what I do at that point, that is successful. Um, even if I'm being still. So, and, and, and maybe that'll evolve over time too. But I think like, as for right now, it's using my gifts and talents as a form of worship to mankind. Mm. And man, what if everybody did that? Yeah. 
Yeah. What would happen to our whole economy yeah. if it was everyone serving each other? Just not only not only economy, but humankind, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I would argue that our amazing country was built on principles and characteristics and foundations that we've since, you know, mostly lost. And, and we all think we're so, you know, that freedom is this recipe for happiness and it's the total opposite Hmm. complete freedom is a recipe for disaster complete freedom is a recipe for lack of fulfillment complete freedom actually makes you a slave interesting if you are in the service of mankind i believe and if you are in the, the you know you discipline yourself that is um that is freedom our minds our pleasures uh, it's a scam most of the time mm. in my opinion if you see if you get everything you've ever wanted you go the easy route you partake in 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 every worldly thing that they'll tell you is awesome you will be miserable you will be yeah uh-huh. which is uh you know if you don't believe me go do it right <laughs> don't go do it you know, for, to some degree, I've done that. You know, I, I, after the military, I went and contracted at a young age. I was 20, 22. I think I was 22, 21, 22. I lived in Kuwait and Dubai for like three and a half years, making ridiculously big money for a young dude my age with no expenses. So I was rich because not only was I making 120, 180K a year, 100,000 of it was completely tax-free and I had no bills. I had no cars. Everything that I owned in the entire world was in one forty-nine ninety-nine storage shed in Illinois when I lived overseas. That was the only bill I had. Uh, so I'm making a ton of money trading time for life. And when I got some some freedom, some flexibility to go and travel and and uh, vacation. I mean, dude, I was spending, we, we would have nights that we spent $15,000 like in a night, like oh. on a, buy an outfit, rent a limousine, go out to the clubs in Dubai, buy a $5,000 bottle of whatever it was, chase chicks. And, you know, I could have anything I wanted at that, at that point at a young age. And I luckily quickly realized like, this ain't it, man. This isn't like really, I kind of see where this is going to go. I see how I feel now. And something's got to give, something's got to change again because, you know, I had arrived for me at rich and I wasn't fulfilled. It's like, what you say? You know, that, that was another restlessness and discontent moment in my life where I started to audit, started to just have different thoughts and, and kind of look around and, you know, defining moments, you know, it's not sustainable. Are you writing a book? No, man. I mean, I guess I I could say yeah. Like, I'm not very disciplined on it, Joe. If I'm being honest, I need to be. Mm -hmm. So there's a. I have an idea for a book, and it's something like I would read, like something that I would use. It's almost more like a tool. Like I have this concept in mind where I want to have like 365 pages in it. It's it's like a. Whether it's going to be 365 or like 21 days, I think that's how many days it takes to build a habit. Pages in it will be a quote, a Bible verse that coincides with that, you know, man-made kind of version. And then a QR code that has a video that would be, you know, linked to either me or somebody that I think is an expert or somebody that I know that's been profound in this area um, sharing you know, a talk on that. And I I imagine it's like Mm. this daily visual, audible uh, consumption of of material that helps somebody kind of pivot or come through uh, the other side. So I, I really kind of, I want to work with somebody on it that maybe knows like neuro-linguistic programming or has been a coach for a while that understands you know, basically what I just said, they, they would know how to, how to at least structure it really effectively based on human behavior and, and what most people are, um, you know, experiencing and, and how we could best help 
So that's kind of where I've like I've I've done the blueprint of it. I think mm. I'm on like page 12 of it. It's a really simple concept, right? Um, and then I just got all my video equipment, so maybe now I should start, huh? <laughs> no excuse anymore. I need to talk to that inner bitch. <laughs> Well, as you're describing, you know, you know, the, this when you're younger, how the life's not sustainable, and and I ask you what motivates you and how you measure success. It seems to me it's well thought out, well planned, and it could help others. So mm-hmm. I would just, I would just think that you put it all the words. You don't want to kind of keep it yourself, uh, and you know, maybe it could help others. I, I know when I speak to people like yourself, I I never want to fall into the trap of well, what would a bunch of people want to ask? I, I, I kind of think I'm, I'm mm. asking what I want to ask and hopefully they'll, they'll appreciate that. If I start thinking the way they do, then I'm not sure that it might kind of guide me in the wrong direction. Whereas if you're yeah. writing a book and your thought, I'm not sure if that's correct all the time, maybe 80, 90% of the time. But if you're writing something that you said you would read yourself, I would think that others like yourself would read it. I guess that's my point. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a great, I appreciate that, man. That's a testament to your, you know, when you, when you were telling me you've done 190 podcasts and you're in the tech space and you've had success in the tech space, like it's, this is just, again, more proof that you got a great character. And I I just appreciate you even giving me that little nugget because that was, that's insightful. And it's a cool way to shift like how I'm looking at things too, as a new content creator, right? Like I've been way more like behind the scenes. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, very good. And you know, my pledge, one of my goals is being uh, being able to take a compliment. So thank you. Uh, where, how can we get in touch with you, Tim? If anybody who's listening, how can we get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, the easiest way is just timbrandon.com. All my social media stuffs on there. If if uh, you want to connect there, kind of, I think there's more about my story there. And yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, all my stuffs on timbrandon.com, and then Tim Brandon. Google that. That should pop up everywhere too. B-R-A-N-Y-A-N. I will put it in the show notes so everybody can see it. Tim, absolute cool. pre- pleasure talking to you today. I, I really appreciate it. I hope one day we can you know, have a cup of coffee face to face. Yeah, likewise, man. I'd love to stay in touch and appreciate you having me on. And, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely connect. I think if we're not on LinkedIn, I'll grab you on there too. Yeah, that's where all business gets done there. Yeah, right there. Tim, thanks again. You be well. See you, Joe. Thank you for listening and or viewing Joey Pinn's Discipline Conversations. Please share this episode with one or two of your friends who you think may benefit from the episode. Our website, www.joeypins.com. There you find lots of resources and you could join our mailing list. Please follow us on all our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Podcast information, the video version of our podcast is on YouTube. Please subscribe. Audio is on all major podcasting platforms. Please follow them. And if you like it, please consider giving five-star rating. Would really appreciate that. Would you like to financially support the podcast? You can go to our Patreon site. Consider five, ten, or twenty dollars a month. There's all kind of plans that we have there. It's like a one-time payment. What is this podcast episode worth to you? $25, $50, $100, $500, $1,000, $5,000. You be the judge. You can go to our PayPal account to do that as well. Thank you again for listening or watching Joey Pinn's Discipline Conversations.